The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank. News and comment. Tuesday, October 11th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. Made possible when you support the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. If you have a Samsung Galaxy Note 7 smartphone, the company's asking you to power it off and keep it off. Samsung, which rushed the phone to market to try to beat the release of Apple's iPhone 7, has seen the phones and their replacements explode, injuring dozens of people and starting scores of fires. The company says it has now permanently shut down all production of the new phones. There are now at least 27 Americans dead from Hurricane Matthew, nearly half of them in North Carolina, where over hundreds of people were stranded by floodwaters. Five people are still missing. Thousands are in shelters. Over a million people have no electricity and may not have it till the end of the week at the earliest. Over 8,000 workers are trying to get the power back on. In fact, the floodwaters are still rising and will throughout the week in North Carolina after 15 inches of rain on already saturated soil. Parts of both I-95 and Interstate 40 are closed. A half million people were without power in South Carolina as a crew of line workers tried to hook them up again. Over 100,000 were in the dark in Florida where four people died. South Carolina and Georgia lost three citizens each. Nearly 1,000 people perished in Haiti where the storm first hit. On the sand at Folly Beach, South Carolina, they found some historic debris swept ashore by Hurricane Matthew cannonballs from the Civil War. A federal court has now done what Florida's Republican governor had refused to do, extended the state's voter registration deadline. With millions evacuated from their homes, Florida Governor Rick Scott said people had plenty of time to register, and he turned down a request to extend that deadline. But the state's Democratic Party challenged that decision in court and won, sort of, getting the deadline pushed back by one day. That deadline was supposed to be today. It is the deadline for registration in nearly a dozen other states. The election is four weeks from today. Suspicions run rampant in the Midwest where Indiana State Police are investigating possible voter fraud in 56 counties. Now the feds are investigating the investigation to make sure it's not politically motivated. The Indiana State Police investigation targets a nonpartisan group, the Indiana Voter Registration Project. The police raided the group's headquarters in Indianapolis Friday, armed with a search warrant. The investigation was launched after various county clerks claimed they'd gotten fraudulent voter registration forms from that nonpartisan group. The Indiana Voter Registration Project has denied any wrongdoing and says this appears to be a witch hunt aimed at suppressing voter turnout. The group has apparently submitted many forms that contain legitimate information mixed with some that have a wrong address or a wrong phone number. The voters who have that problem will have a hard time voting on Election Day and may be forced to fill out provisional ballots. 10,000 people turned out on Columbus Day in Columbus, Ohio, to support Hillary Clinton, her biggest campaign crowd to date. Support for Donald Trump, meanwhile, continues to slip, many Republicans withdrawing their support and over two dozen calling for him to drop out of the race. House Speaker and leading Republican Paul Ryan has remained calm and mostly quiet along the roller coaster ride that is the Trump campaign. Now Ryan's essentially called time of death on Trump's presidential efforts, saying he will no longer support or defend his party's candidate. Ryan says he'll focus instead on helping other Republicans get elected or re-elected to Congress and 
on keeping Hillary Clinton from winning. Trump responded, as he usually does, on Twitter, writing, Paul Ryan should spend more time on balancing the budget, jobs, and illegal immigration and not waste his time on fighting the Republican nominee. Many of the people who made up the Republican Party in the days before Donald Trump have abandoned their candidate and all hope of winning the White House this year, not to mention their desire to keep control of the Senate. The last presidential hope died with the release of that Access Hollywood video in which Trump brags of grabbing women by the genitals and getting away with it because he's a star, and all while newly married to his third and current wife. Trump supporters did not take well to the party abandoning their guy and Some staged an angry demonstration outside the headquarters of the Republican National Committee. But the Trump campaign's been intimidating Republicans who've jumped ship and those who are considering it, even threatening to expose elected officials accused of doing a little groping of their own. And Trump further angered the Republican establishment by resuscitating the Bill Clinton scandals involving women, a topic that's already been talked to death and with no charges ever brought. Many Republicans were encouraged by Trump's debate performance Sunday night, especially under the circumstances. But Trump went off the rails more than once, vowing to throw Hillary Clinton in jail if elected and humiliating his own running mate with a cold and harsh contradiction over Syria policy. That forced Mike Pence to deny reports he was thinking of jumping off the ticket. By Monday morning, Republican politicians were again facing the reality of Trump's behavior and his anger, as well as a double-digit lead in the polls for Hillary Clinton. Trump's support now hovers below 40%. No candidate has ever recovered from that this late in the campaign. Republicans feared they were seeing their political futures go up in smoke, the smoke of the scorched earth left behind by Donald Trump. Even the Republicans who once prosecuted government corruption say they're terrified by Trump's promise to throw Hillary Clinton in jail. Former Republican prosecutors say Trump's comments were absurd and abhorrent, that a president does not decide who gets prosecuted and who doesn't, and that when they do, it creates a constitutional crisis. In the 1970s, President Nixon tried to fire a prosecutor who was looking into him, but the people ordered to do the firing resigned. Paul Charlton, who was a federal prosecutor under George W. Bush, says Trump's threat to jail Clinton is, quote, wholly inappropriate and the kind of talk more befitting a third-world country, adding, the Department of Justice isn't a political tool. Many lawmakers say it shows Trump's lack of understanding of how the justice system works in America. Yet another former Republican prosecutor called Trump a clear and present danger to our justice system. Recent Attorney General Eric Holder added, Be afraid. Despite the potential for fireworks ahead of Sunday's debate, substantially fewer people watched this one, the second of three. The ratings were down by 20% from the first debate to the next. Football, no doubt, had a lot to do with that, a Sunday night game on NBC between the Packers and the Giants. But it may have been that some voters felt they'd heard enough already and didn't need to hear more. The candidates have been repeating themselves, making the same statements over and over and adding nothing new. Across the various channels carrying Sunday's debate, over 66 million people watched, compared to the record-setting 84 million who watched the first go-round. 15 million were watching the game, and a couple million people were still evacuated after Hurricane Matthew. But displeasure with the candidates may be a big factor in the lower numbers. Quoting one TV executive, I think people are repulsed by it now. Support news and comment with follows, likes, and shares across social media at Buzz Burbank and Michael J. Elston. This is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Rel Network. 
Here's a way to support this free daily newscast and get more entertainment for less money. Compared to Netflix and Hulu, Amazon Prime Video has three or four times as many streaming movies, and it costs a dollar less per month. You can subscribe to Amazon Prime Video through my webpage on a monthly basis for just $8.99. Amazon Prime Video has thousands of TV shows, including award-winning original series. But if you love movies, Amazon Prime Video is the one for you, and for a dollar less than Netflix and Hulu. And Prime Video is now available on a monthly basis at the lowest price in streaming. Subscribing to Amazon Prime Video or Amazon Prime, also available monthly, helps support this free daily newscast when you go through the links you'll find at buzzburbank.com. The Russian military is on the march. While many Americans watched the debate Sunday evening, Russia was moving nuclear-capable missiles close to the borders of Poland and Lithuania. A NATO spokesman says this, quote, does not help lower tensions and called on Russia to show its hand to, quote, avoid incidents and the risk of misunderstandings. Russia says it's moved nuclear-capable missiles in training exercises before and that there's nothing to see here. NATO is moving troops around Poland and Lithuania as well. And then there's Syria, a situation that's prompted our chief diplomat, Secretary of State John Kerry, to accuse Russia of war crimes. Kerry says the bombings of Syrian civilians are, quote, beyond accidental now, way beyond. It appears it was Russia that bombed a humanitarian aid convoy, killing a dozen aid givers and destroying much-needed supplies. Russia has responded to Kerry in kind, accusing the U.S. of committing war crimes in Iraq, Libya, and Yemen. Quoting a Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman, juggling these words is very dangerous. Russia's also turning one of its temporary naval bases in Syria into a permanent military base. It's situated on the Mediterranean Sea between Turkey and Lebanon. And while it isn't much to look at today, the Russians say that's about to change with plans to expand and modernize that base with docks, command and control, air defense, and submarine defense. Russian's foreign minister says tensions with the U.S. threaten his country's national security. Russian warplanes continue to buzz the planes and ships of at least a half dozen NATO countries, and Russia continues to hack its way around the world. Apple watches have now been banned from British cabinet meetings, along with cell phones, because they're apparently vulnerable to hackers. Quoting one British government official, the Russians are trying to hack everything. The teacher strike looming over Chicago didn't happen. The city and the teachers reached an agreement last night that will keep classrooms running today. Both sides say the agreement isn't perfect, but is good for both sides and the students. The trade schools and private colleges that advertise on daytime and late-night TV to target the unemployed are, not surprisingly, the schools in this country with the most unpaid student loans. In a new report, the U.S. Education Department says schools with tech or business in their names have the most student loans in default. And the problem is worse where unemployment's higher. New Mexico, for example, has a default rate of nearly 16%. At the top of that list, Jay's Technical Institute in Houston, the New Life Business Institute in New York, and worst of all, Larry's Barber College in Chicago. And while the national average for defaulted student loans is just over 11%, among black schools, it's over 17%. A for-profit college is a red flag. More than a third of the students in default in the U.S. got that way through a private college. Even with everything else going on, reforming our justice system is still a priority, at least to this president. 
Mr. Obama has just commuted another 102 prison terms, mostly releasing at the end of a more reasonable term, people who got unusually harsh sentences for minor drug offenses. That brings Obama's total to 774, more than the past 11 presidents combined. With 590 this year, that's more commutations in 12 months than in any year in the nation's history. Elected officials in both parties have talked in agreement about the need for changing the laws that require such tough sentences. The White House is reminding lawmakers that still needs to be done. The good old days are coming back to Thanksgiving when it comes to holiday shopping, and this may be the biggest milestone yet. The Mall of America in the Minneapolis suburb of Bloomington, Minnesota, says it will be closed on Thanksgiving Day. Like individual retailers, the mall had been open on Thanksgiving in recent years as businesses competed for those first holiday shopping dollars. Quoting a Mall of America executive, we're excited to give this day back to our employees so they can celebrate with their families. In truth, Thanksgiving Day sales have been less impressive these past few years, and the apparent novelty of Thanksgiving Day shopping wore off as shoppers and employees protested. The authorities in Grand Rapids, Michigan, have literally pulled the plug on a man's social statement art project. The artist, Laura Naji of Cleveland, had planned to live in a well-appointed micro-home, a sphere of just eight feet in diameter, the microhome has Wi-Fi and a grand view of downtown Grand Rapids. He said it was a statement about how ridiculous it is that anyone should be homeless, living in a cardboard box or under an overpass. This week, the city's fire inspector pulled the plug on the lamp post the artist had used to power his project. The extension cord was declared a hazard, with an expected increase in foot traffic for an upcoming art festival. The fire inspector seems like a nice guy. He tried to find Najee a closer outlet. There didn't seem to be any. The inspector took Najee's business card and said he'd look for some other electrical outlet and give the artist a call. And finally, Nationwide Insurance is out with its annual list of odd insurance claims, and this year's winner in the pet category, known as the Hambone Award, may be a Great Dane puppy which ate a pair of blue jeans. Quoting the dog's owners, it happened so quickly we did not think it was possible. The dog had to have surgery to remove the jeans and, as it turns out, a pair of rubber gloves. The veterinary hospital that treats the winning pet will get a $10,000 reward. The competition is still open. Also in the running for the Hambone Award is a cat in Florida, of course, who got caught in some window blinds and was left hanging by its tail. And a cocker spaniel that passed out after getting its head stuck in a potato chip bag. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comments. Buzz, buzz, buzz. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.